The Dial, a magazine for poetry, philosophy, and religion. Brought to you by the Culture and Anarchy Podcast. And so, with diligent hands and good intent, we set down our dial on the earth. We wish it may resemble that instrument and its celebrated happiness. That of measuring no hours but those of sunshine. Let it be one cheerful, rational voice amidst the din of mourners and polemics. The dial. Or to abide by our chosen image. Let it be such a dial, not as the dead face of a clock. Hardly even such as the gnomon in a garden. But rather, such a dial as is the garden itself. In whose leaves and flowers and fruits... The suddenly awakened sleeper is instantly apprised not what part of dead time, what state of life and growth is now arrived and arriving. Ralph Waldo Emerson, 1841. Padre Canyon Pilgrimage by Jack Perry Onyx, striped and smooth A testament to the jackrabbits I've seen Silhouetted on the horizon clear as day Offered up as meals to winter poverty And I, the hunter, all too good at this Shed tears at the meat I desire. Inexplicable sins, on the altar of a table, groaning under the weight of salt, a king's ransom all its own. How salt we this bread we eat, with the sweat of our brow. And I trudge, trudge, trudge towards the open maw of the canyon, where I know wild grapes grow, and the cougar I once hunted hunts me in return, a silent stalk. Yet we are one, the lion and I, hunter and hunted in a mysterious dance. Lonely canyon spirits whisper songs for, and a still pool of old rainwater slakes the thirst of many elk. Their kindred's muscles are my own, hefting this weapon speaking fire. And when it snows... I polish arrows. The hiss of an arrow is just the same as the hiss of a heavy snowfall. I know this thing well, and the cougar knows it in silence. For that is the sound of ebb tide, as the eye loses light, and spark like a candle sputtering out. This is how the living become meat. But no one wishes to hear this truth, for it is much too true for them. I, the hunter, all too good at this, what skill and what knowledge offers itself upon the gnawing hunger, molding the hunter in an image of nature, molding the hunter in an image of lion. And anyone could pull a trigger, or release an arrow swiftly, which cannot be called back. But few can offer themselves upon the sacrificial altar of realization, saying to themselves solemnly, I have just taken a life, and what right had I to do so? But to eat, and this flesh become me, how then am I not the lion? I have seen the tracks of the cougar, and from afar 
it said unto me, Just as the arrow cannot be called back, neither can a footstep, a dream, a setting sun, or a spirit. So what will you do, O hunter? Faced with these facts, where will you walk now, O pilgrim of this canyon, and what has it to teach? Bay King Meneo, A Cheyenne Romance, by Morgan A. Brown. Part 1 On hanging roads, by which the stars guide the pulsing, far-flung heart, wonder-lusting dreams to take to heal, and onward dart. To an Eden far removed, fly the freedom-yearning youth, Towards the legends told of old, where older legends grew. Mid the sparkling amethyst, couched twixt the black hill's breast, the shaggy rhyme-capped peaks crowd heaven's shovel glass. There, a maiden glazed her curves, unaware that nearby lurked a miscreant beneath the spring, admiring her. With a ram's horn crown he claimed his dread kingship of the main, but his beauty was the blight of sacred love's bright fane. A thousand wives Maneo wed, now enthroned in leafy beds, with their puckered lips, pale violet cheeks, and bloated flesh. Often wondered why this king, that his pale brides never sing, nor enfold him in the passive arms that skyward fling. Waltzing slow beneath the lake, he surveys a doomed estate, where the sightless eyes of barren queens gaze full on fate. Silent horror gloams and spreads from this harem of the dead, till the fey king spies the maid above from heaven sent. She beholds her sparkling eyes in the mirror of the skies, not knowing that below the calm the horror lies. Just beneath the charmed upside swarms the fey king's raptured eye, and upward floats a satin hand to brush her thigh. Well he knows from loves of old in the wives' capen below, that beauty from above, once chained, turns hard and cold. Late the maiden's sweet embrace, and her lithely sweeping gait, to soon become wistful remembrances of grace. Part 2 
In that golden age before sleek Pisces came to fore, the Fae King stalked the nightly rounds in Heaven's Court. Kept by kinship to the sun on the ladder's highest rung, he swelled the brine when tourists sprang in summer floods. Wrapped at dusk when slow the lord westered from the distant shore, he stretched the empty welkins black ere crimson mourned. Every night distilled those paints and dissolved the crimson strains, then scraped the canvas raw to prime successive days. Ever mired in blue-black night, he absconded from the light and marveled at the glowing frills beyond his sight. Merging mischief's pricked desire, plots to pinch a Tavov's fire, and light the Welkin's black in lieu of their bright sire. Soon approached the sacred rite when the sun and moon would light in nuptial bed and consummate in common sight. Maneo swiped the trusted keys to the sacred fane's retreat and rushed across forbidden floors by madness seized. Four and twenty lamps of power, each appointed for its hour, burst into blaze, exploding through high heaven's bower. Flailing gods, besmeared in flame, shunned the blistering heat of day and whirled the nether poles to find surcease of pain. Driving madly through the seas, blue sky buckled to its knees, blasting an earth molested by infinities. When to order came the court, just revenge declared its sport. Maneo knelt before the bench of last resorts. Begging leniency and ruth, he now blubbered out the truth, that haunting beauty was his fix, his fatal proof. That he'd meant to court the skies, and to claim them as his brides, if even for an hour, and sit in God's assize. But the Fay King overreached, and betrayed the day sun seat. The Mayun cast him from their bluffs down through the seas. Seared and scarred by grimbling froth in the ocean's fulsome broth, Maneo suffered for his pride beneath the cross. Part 3 Threading through the southern stars over the flitting Incan cars, our dreamsters feel their heels alight as from afar. Skimming o'er the salty tides by the coastal mountain sides, they shoot through gilded riverbeds and pseudo skies. Golden veins prick swollen hearts, just amuse what prankster's arts dare mimic heaven's ordinance as counterparts. Each stream a vain, unfruitful glimpse, which affects magnificence, yet scatters specious glory at the lightest wind. Their 
Hermeneo bides his days in his watery domains, to watch as every morn and eve burns out its blaze. Yet, he vainly dreams he stands o'er the blue sky once again, to steer the sun and romps across the riverbeds. A pair of scalds but steadfast hands swipes across the sunset strands, as if the Welkins still obeyed their black commands. He abides within a dream where the water spiders teem and waltz on through Orion's belt with Hyades. As he floats o'er heaven's dome where the seven sisters roam, an earth-bound goddess ripples through his own abode, and he feels love fill his lungs with a ballad long unsung. And he knows he must unseat the stars to claim her love. How she walks upon a cloud where the brightest stars surround and ring around her fingertips in light rebounds. Part 4 Oft the heart enchains the eye, the beholders think them wise, and emotions trump sagacious urgings of the mind. Thus Meneo's I thee wed, pulsing through the glassy depths, intentioned fantasies with empty promises. Blind to all but her own sight, in the silence of the night, the glassy maiden swathes her breasts to his delight. Black hair tumbles from her head as he fingers through the threads. The rippling lake throws back its hood of grinning dread. Startled by the red-eyed fiend, Grinning madly from the stream, the panic-stricken maid fights back her wooer king. In a rapture of delight, he fasts an ankle tight and tugs upon the weeds wound round his would-be wife. The demon keeps his desperate grip and he knows she'll soon let him, for she sprints upon that sandy bank where all have slipped. Love's a tug-o'-war, he cries, and the victor claims the prize, whilst the others pulled through muck and filth and vainly tries to regain a foothold sure just to keep the heart secure. But in the end, one heart shall beat, but one endure. As he snares love's firebrand, chaos slips Meneo's hand and heaven panics madly o'er the sunken sand. In the chaos of the waves, distant planets lose their way, where time and space no longer hold eternal reign. 
minnows sheltered by the dark chase the tails of fountain sparks as comets bound over the banks new ripple marks. Part 5 O'er the gloaming's moonlit dews stalked a silent, tribeless youth, hard upon a hind that led him through her ruse. The nimble hind, with divine ken, on its weaving course did wend to guide unto Meneo's lair sweet medicine. There, beside the sapphire lake, where the fay king's desperate rape unfolded full beneath the moon, she foiled the chase. Soon, the maiden felt two hands pull her hard back towards the land, whilst fay Meneo strained against the heartless man. Joined by fate, the squaw and brave, eyes perfervidly agaze, hove themselves upon the shore as one embraced. Flitting dragonflies surround the broken water's light rebounds, as the forest takes upon itself its rustic sounds. Thundering cacophony from the heaven's timpani prepares the underscore before the skies unleash. Glassy prisms of the gods drench the parch and sun-scorched sod and fill with sorrow every lowly leafing pod. Part 6 The dreadful ram-horned fiend fumed his last strong puff of steam knowing he'd lost a vision snatched out of his dreams. Her tanned and slender thighs swish away in nimble strides and leave the Fay King's breast afire with heavy sighs. Fay Maneo knows quite well that his prison's watery realm divides a paradise from some dark, distant hell. There's yet a place from him removed, vaulted o'er the misty wood, which cast around the lonely lake its velvet hood. As the raindrops blear the scene of the sacred night serene, Maneo's hand sweeps clear across eternity. There, the amber eyelash trees hang their heads and jointly weep, or a shattered glass reflecting blue sky's masonry. Part 7 Chilled by night's attendant cool wafting from the sapphire pool, sorrow pipes its romance through the autumn wood. Soughing gently to the breeze, first aft, then towards the lee, the forest oarsmen sway their rustic symphony. Tracing lines on liquid glass, Femineo's driven mad, whilst the silence of a doomed estate forever spans. Faye Mineo dreams to know who's above and who's below, and if there anywhere abides a soul that knows.
Let's Be Honest Here by John Gao. What common man enslaved by foreign war has not paid spoils to knights in shining armor? Or had his daughters each take turns to whore herself to heroes bellowing threats to harm her? What citizen's unvanquishable rights have not been vanquished by the law of his king? And seized on the order not of shining knights to whom he pimped, but of his own state's wing. What working man-mule wedded to the land has not paid spoils to these same knights of pride, who have called the spoils a tax which he must hand? And when he inquired our heroes why, they cried, To extend our war to brutes across the waters, to rape their daughters, for they rape your daughters. The Art of Life by Troy Camplin I splice the gene that codes luciferase into the great white peafowl chromosomes, and all I got was glowing legs below a resplendent spray of white. New gene tomes of biologic art are bound to grace museum zoos, and sooner than you know. Sweet Grass by Jack Perry. I know that it is a sweet smell to the Creator, whose mercy is infinite, whose compassion is not conditional. Is there compassion for my plight, O Creator of all that is or ever will be? Yes, and I know this to be so, because I found a braid of sweet grass this very morning so unsettled. I have said, when you feel adrift, the Creator is never so closer. He hears the prayers in the heart, which one fears for words or cannot discover them. And in this silence, the Creator Himself works. For out of this silence, He brought forth creation.
Nature by Troy Camplin When we see only surfaces, we miss the complex life below, which we deny. But in our dives below, we should not miss the patterned flocks that glisten in the sky. Messenger by Troy Camplin Before you look at angels with delight, remember Lucifer is one named Light. Sherpa by Troy Camplin Behold, the god I froze in fractal time. He now survives forever in my rhyme.
poets are the hero fans of unapprehended inspiration. The mirrors of gigantic shadows which futurity cast upon the present. The words which express what they understand not. The trumpets which sing the battle and feel not what they inspire. The dark. The influence which has moved not but moves. Poets are the unacknowledged legislators of the world. The Dial, a magazine for poetry, philosophy, and religion. This edition of The Dial features music by the following artists. A full track listing can be found in the show notes below. Rebecca Cowd by Sam Shalabi, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The poem Fay King Maneo features music from the following track by Kai Engel, courtesy of Free Music Archive. Moonlight Reprise, Moments of Our Morning, A Remedy for Melancholy, Brooks, Sunset, and Low Horizon. Also featuring the song Bronco Bob and His Little Cheyenne by Ada Jones and Len Spencer. Track number eight, Sally in the Garden Sifting Sand by the Black Twig Pickers and Steve Gunn, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. Track number nine, Lover's Hollow by the Blue Dot Sessions, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. Track number 10. Roses by Lee Mattiford, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. Track number 11. Thread of Clouds by the Blue Dot Sessions, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. <laughs> 